0: To the Know-It-All podcast. The NBA season is upon us. We're ready to go. Our first real legit NBA season in two years, uh, COVID pending, but uh, we're on the back on the regular schedule here. Uh, so we will have a real regular season. Fans will be in the stands and the season will be like it is and will not be ending in July. It'll be ending June. So that's exciting to get back on the schedule with us to do today's MBA win totals to preview this season achilles rain is with us in his uh fancy dodgers gear after uh last night's uh tough game uh you want to speak to any of your manager's decisions possibly skipping the best starter they have and then shoving him in the eighth inning randomly
1: yeah i i have nothing to say uh i think everything that has to be said has already been said by every single dodger fan in america so uh let's just move on <laughs>
0: should Dave Roberts be fired? He got his World Series. Now his psychotic playoff managing could go out the way, I think. Uh, I I guess that's another podcast for another day, but uh, very disturbing, I must say the least. All right, let's get into some NBA win totals. There's been a lot of action this NBA offseason. So, Let's start out in alphabetical order. We're going to start out with those Atlanta Hawks. Their win total sits at 46.5 wins last year. They won the equivalent of what would be uh, 50 games, so that should be an interesting season overall for the Atlanta Hawks. They made it to the Eastern Conference Final. A little bit of a surprise candidate to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. uh, But if you watch what's happening with the 76ers... Right now, probably not too much of a surprise here, but uh, this Atlanta Hawks team filed Lloyd Pierce after they got off to a really, really slow start, brought in Nate McMillan off their uh, bench as an assistant coach, really started to find their form, and were in great, great form uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, Trey Young, Bogdanovich, uh, you know. They get Hunter back this season after uh, he got hurt. He was the only one really playing well uh, to start the season early on. And uh, then you have John Collins, who they re sign there and then put in Clint Capella to uh, do the dirty work for things here. So uh, Atlanta Hawks, uh, the new dominant team in the Eastern Conference. I don't think we thought it was going to happen uh, early on in the season as we watch this team play, but... Uh, Under Nate McMillan, they got better and better and sort of found their rhythm in the playoffs. What do you make of this Atlanta Hawks team here, Achilles? Well,
1: I mean, I do expect a a much better performance as the season progresses for this team. As you mentioned, uh, they were a bit of a surprise to a lot of people uh, seeing how far they made it. Uh, A lot of it, I think, can be attributed to the fact that, as you mentioned, you know, they bought McMillan kind of late and he really kind of galvanized his team and, you know, got them going. Um, And his first full season... I think you can expect some of the same, at least, uh, you know, going forward, but, you know, obviously, you know, the season's very long and and we have a lot of different hurdles to jump through, but um, if they can play at the rate that they were playing at once he took over, uh, then I I foresee this team to be pretty, pretty good. Um, How good? I, I still don't know. There's still some question marks there, but, I think that they're going to be probably one of those uh, sleeper teams. Uh, they're definitely in contention, uh, contention for at least the Eastern Conference uh, championship here. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think? you really think that, you know, having uh, Coach McMillan for an entire season is going to make that big of a difference?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I was very down on this team. You know how I was also down on Trey Young. Uh, but that second half of the season, I, I saw more and more from Trey Young, less, you know, crazy. It's my time. I'm going to be the scorer here. More letting Bogdanovich get involved. Uh, Overall, sort of an actual team instead of uh, one guy trying to make himself a a really, really good player and sort of leaving everybody behind. And when I watched them in the playoffs, uh, uh, this looked legit like uh, one of the top teams in the East. Now, that being said, The Miami Heat have improved themselves. You assume the Bucs, the defending champions, are going to be at a a high level again and maybe even a higher level after what we saw from uh, Giannis in the uh, finals in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, The Nets uh, will probably be very, very good uh, with or without Kyrie Irving. We'll get into that. When you have James Harden, when you have Kevin Durant, uh, you're going to be a really, really good team. Uh, Boston should be uh somewhat in the mix there so i think the top of the eastern conference got a little deeper so regular season wise i really do think this team will be probably in and around that number if not over that number now can they make another run to the eastern conference finals i don't know about that you know the basketball is such a just uh game of you know luck uh the Phoenix Suns go from probably losing four straight games to the Los Angeles Lakers there in the playoffs. Anthony Davis hurting himself. And then Phoenix is off and running. They get the Nuggets, who were without Jamal Murray. Then they get the Clippers, who were without Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, things fell in place. They made that run to the finals. Uh, you know, does them not making another finals run this season mean it's a, a failure a season? I don't know. And you sort of look at it the same way with the Hawks. Maybe they went 52-53 games. Maybe they finish with a three-seed, a two-seed in the East. But maybe they get bounced in that second round if they have to go up against the Nets or have to go up against Milwaukee because I do not think they're quite on that level. I I think they're in a level probably in that sort of uh, backup pot with Miami, uh, with Boston, and with themselves. And, you know are they the best team out of that bunch? I probably think so, but I don't know if they are going to be capable of, uh, you know, quite getting to where they got to in the Eastern Conference. But win total-wise, I I think this team is built to win regular season games. Uh, Nate McMillan has always been a winner in the regular season, so I think they have that on their side as well. They bring back their core group of guys. Uh, Plus, I think this team is pretty deep. So, you know, you saw it when... uh, Trey Young got hurt uh, uh, in mid-season. Bogdanovich took over the sort of playmaking duties. They put Slipped Herder in there. They have Lou Williams who could come in there and score. So I, I think this team is just built for regular season wins. Playoff success, uh, I probably will question that a little bit.
1: See, And I, I just, I mean, I know it's, this is just casual fan talking here, but for some reason I got a feeling like this team would be much better suited for a playoff front as opposed to regular season. Um, Now, obviously you're much more knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, uh, basketball than I am, but just from the games that I watched last season, uh, as you mentioned uh, when McMillan came in, it seemed like that, it looked like a completely different team from what we had seen pretty much for the beginning of the season. Uh, So I I don't know. It feels like they overachieved in that second half of the season. and, And I, I, It's hard for me to really see them keeping up with that type of momentum. I mean, they went on a pretty good run at the end of the season. Uh, Also,
0: with you know, you mentioned it uh, towards the end of that season, so many teams were sort of uh, not taking the back end of the season seriously who were, you know, trying to move up and put themselves in the draft lottery. So they might have gotten some cheap, uh, you know, wins off that uh, to move themselves up. And, uh, you know, the Southeast Division, I don't know how deep it is. You know Atlanta and Miami are going to be up there. Uh, We'll get to Charlotte and what we think of them. But, uh, you know, Washington's interesting. Uh, And then Orlando. uh, uh, Orlando has a lot of very young players on their team. I I, that's that's a really nice thing to say. uh, That's about as good as I could put it. So, you know, other than Miami, I I think they probably got a pretty simple slate there. And then once again, I, I think that back half of the, you know, Eastern conference season, they'll be able to win a lot of games with a handful of teams that are probably not in contention to be in the playoffs. So that's where I think the regular season comes by now that being said, uh, you know, you I mentioned Trey Young and his you know sort of leap uh, that he made, where he was becoming a basketball player and a point guard, and sort of being a little bit more Steve Nash in uh, sort of efficient playmaking, shot making, and then getting his teammates involved. Now, if it pulls back and goes back into Trey Young, I want to be Allen Iverson. I, I don't think this Hawks team really is quite successful. It's sort of a really good unit if everybody is involved. Uh, But if it's a a solo act, then I think uh, other players, especially like John Collins, uh, just sort of uh, don't give the effort. So the only thing I could see where Atlanta wouldn't uh, be as successful if uh, sort of Trey regressed back into going into uh, sort of hero ball mode.
1: Which, with a guy like him, you never know.
0: Yeah, that's uh, very, very true. So, uh, you know, this number sitting at uh, you know forty six and a half, I, I really, really think that's a a pretty good number uh, here, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference. So that would be one I, I definitely go over. I, I bought into this Atlanta Hawks team, especially in the regular season. Uh, now, if we could just get some uh, Fox Sports uh, regional coverage out in the uh, world, so I could actually watch this team play and not get it blocked on my league pass and have no way to access uh, Atlanta Hawks games uh, would be nice. But uh, that being said, we'll move on to a very interesting team. The Boston Celtics, who uh, were pretty much a disappointment uh, last season, uh, finished up uh, at 36 and 36, uh, you know, marred by injuries and really just poor play. Uh, A lot of shifting there, uh, you know. The coach goes from the uh, coach's seat into the front office. Danny Ainge, uh, you know, leaves. Uh, They bring in M.A. Udoka, and then they sort of remake this whole team here a a little bit, uh, which is interesting. You know, they bring back uh, Ennis Cantor, they bring back Al Horford, uh, they get Josh Richardson uh, from the Dallas Mavericks, they get rid of Kimball Walker, and uh, then they bring in Dennis Schroeder, uh, who who they got uh, on a really, really good deal as uh, the Celtics sort of waited out the market there, and... uh, you know uh schroeder was left without uh sort of a player to bid for his services so he's on a cheap uh, one year uh sort of 8 million dollar deal there so i really like that but uh you know I-, I can't quite get the sort of vision of this team out of my eyes of just constantly disappointing uh constantly sort of not having the toughness to get out of the uh out of some regular season games there and uh it- it- Do I think they will be a 500 team like they were at 36 and 36 again? I think they'll be a little bit better than that, but their total number sits at 45 and a half. That uh, would like equate to about a four-win jump from what they were uh, last season, you know. Winning percentage-wise, and I don't know if I see that quite in this team. Uh, just because I, I I don't know if I believe in them yet. They have a lot of talented players, but they have not uh, shown the ability to win a lot of games as a team uh, so far with this uh, Tatum Brown uh, sort of solo unit. What do you make the Boston Celtics?
1: Uh, you know, to me, um, the Celtics are a little bit of a conundrum. You know, you look at. Everything they brought in, they brought in a lot of veteran guys, um, and then they brought Schroeder in. Who, you know, I don't know why he waited. He had a pretty nice, you know, offer from the Lakers, and decided to kind of well, wait it out. He's saying he never
0: got that offer. I will say that.
1: <laughs> oh, let's let's believe him. Uh, whenever every <laughs> single his agent you know, he's
0: saying that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, his agent must have just crumbled and had tossed it after you know he saw the offer he ended up with, but. You know they, they brought him in, which he's going to be a huge defense. You know, defensive help. He, he's pretty. He's really good playing. You know, um, when he's got the ball in his hands, he can he can play. You know, the front and back. And my concern here is, it seems like they've gotten older. And sometimes that's a good thing when you have you know a bunch of young guys that you're trying to develop and you're trying to bring them. But you already have your core group of guys, and, and these are the guys that are established. I would have preferred them, you know, kind of bring in uh, more youth and, and trying to, you know, build around your core group as opposed to just bringing a bunch of veteran guys that listen, can they play well? Of course they can play well, you know, at at one point or another, some of these guys were all-stars, but I'm, I'm just not sold. Uh, I'm one of those people that, that kind of feels that this number's a, a tad bit high. I know that a lot of people think that Boston improved based off last season and I can see why they would say that when you look at the names they brought in, but I tend to not look at so much the names and more the age. and when I look at the age of the guys they brought in, that's what kind of gives me a little bit of pause and makes me believe that this number might actually go under.
0: yeah, uh, you know a couple things probably hinge on this season um. You know, one is Robert Williams, who's showed potential to be uh, a DeAndre uh, Jordan-type center. Uh, Young DeAndre Jordan, not the uh, Lakers version that is currently going to be waving a towel on the bench. Young DeAndre Jordan, where he can get up and down the floor, can move uh, ridiculously well for somebody uh, that size. Uh, But he's also not shown the ability to stay healthy for, you know, longer than, you know, a a couple-week stretches. So then you're switching out Robert Williams for Al Horford. I did think Al Horford played really well for the Thunder, uh, but he played really well for the Thunder for about uh, two and a half months. Uh, the Thunder won too many games and then put him on ice. So are, are we? can you get Al Horford to play well for a full NBA season? That would be my question. You can get Al Horford probably to play well for – you know, a month, two months before the real grind of an NBA season starts to help him. So I don't know how much that helps him. And then you bring in Dennis Schroeder, who, uh, you know, I I really like Dennis Schroeder. I think he's a really, really good player. Now, uh, I I don't know if LeBron James likes him all that much. He got a little shot happy in those playoff games, I will admit. Uh, But my question becomes, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who are the stars and the uh, heartbeat of this team have had some sort of, uh, let's say, issues with uh, interesting personality point guards. Uh, and Dennis Schroeder, uh, while not as talented as, as some of those interesting points, uh, uh, behavior point guards Dennis Schroeder has a a little bit of a weird streak in him which is what helps him be successful but is it going to rub some of those guys the wrong way uh you know he's a really sort of dominant personality especially out there on the floor so is this going to be more problems we hear with infighting inside the Celtics locker room or is he going to fit in harmoniously and uh you know I I do think that one year deal helps that but uh I, I mean You saw a little bit bit with that with the Lakers, and he was, you know, an unrestricted free agent. So uh, I think his personality is his personality. So how that blends in with uh, Brown and Tatum, I I think will also be uh, uh, sort of interesting in the mix. So it's basically the newcomers, and can Robert Williams uh, stay healthy, I I think will determine this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the questions that I have is, how does bringing in a new head coach uh, impact that locker room? Because as you mentioned, yes, you have your your core group of guys. You have your, your stars, your superstars in Boston. But then you bring in a bunch of other guys, guys that have put in, you know, years in the league. So they probably feel like they have, you know, at least uh, some say in what goes on in that locker room. Uh, but you bring in a new head coach that probably doesn't understand the dynamics of that locker room um, and a whole bunch of, you know, new guys that, he's going to have to learn how to deal with. So there's a lot of question marks for Boston and, you know, the potential for them to be good is definitely there. Uh, my question is, can they get it together, you know, quickly enough to actually, uh, you know, translate that into wins. And uh, in my opinion, I I don't think so, but that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing I think will play a, a big part in this season is Marcus smart. Uh, you know, I, I saw, you know, two years ago there was some drop-off. Last year I thought there was a lot of drop-off. And, you know, this is a sort of big, strong, physical player here. So how much has that take it out of him, you know, through the years of having to guard bigger guys and be physical with bigger guys? You know, can he get back to being Marcus Smart, you know, in the first, you know, two to four years he was with the Celtics? Or is it going to be more, you know, Marcus Smart, who has trouble guarding on the outside uh, because younger, faster guys are blowing by him? You know, if that's the Marcus Smart you're getting, I I don't know if that's really going to help your team either. I I will say he has gotten better and better each year at making shots, but uh, still, shot selection is an issue. It's just an overall... Interesting team here. So uh, I'm with you. I probably lean a little bit under this 45 and a half number. I- I'm curious where you think this team will finish in and around the playoff. Do you think they have a high enough ceiling maybe to work themselves into a, let's go three seed here, or do you think they will be more on the back end of that uh, five, six, or maybe even uh, hovering around that uh, playing game, which is where they finished last year?
1: I, I think that their potential is definitely better than a playing game, but I don't think it's still, at least on paper, I don't think it's still um, to the point where I could say, oh, these guys are shooing, you know, for a top-four seed. I think that if they, they get things together and they start meshing and start playing well, I think that they can get in, you know, it's one of those lower seeds, maybe a five or a six. But, um, again, there's so many things that have to go right for them. Just with the whole situation they put themselves into with new coach, new players, a whole new uh the nucleus remains the same, but everything else on the outside has changed.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh well, we're gonna move on to a team without much going on. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh <laughs> uh, Brooklyn's win total this season sits at the number one in the league. 56 and a half wins overall. Uh they have you know, finished in second place in the uh, division last year, second place overall in the Eastern Conference at 48-24. and 24. Uh, Sort of, they never really had their full team as Kevin Durant was sort of uh, in and out in the lineup, uh, recovering after the uh, Achilles injury. Uh, you know, Harden got traded there midseason. He was really their bell rock once he got played got playing and a little bit in shape after the uh, embarrassment that was his uh, tenure with the Houston Rockets there uh, for the first three weeks of the season. And then Kyrie was left to do sort of his own thing and was uh, randomly in and out as per Kyrie Irving is randomly in and out. Uh, We'll touch on the Kyrie Irving thing at the start, and then we'll talk about the real team. That is the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving isn't going to be there. Um, because he's not vaccinated and they won't let him play in New York. And Brooklyn, uh, smartly enough, said, uh, yeah, we are carrying you around randomly on the road to play your road games, and then you aren't going to be here at home. Whatever, that's his decision. I, I think we've often, when we've come on to talk NBA basketball, just question whether he even wants to even play NBA basketball. Uh, I, I think we he likes NBA spotlight. NBA money, uh, but I don't think he likes playing numerous NBA games. Uh, so, you know, Kyrie is Kyrie. Uh, I don't really downgrade this team too much without him, especially with what they brought in. I thought the Patty Mills move uh, to bring in Patty Mills in this team is exactly what they need. You know, if they had had Patty Mills last year uh, when James Harden got hurt and they could have slide Patty Mills in that spot, Uh, I I think they might beat Milwaukee here. Uh, this is oddly a, a really, really deep team, uh, for, you know, a team that has three superstars on it. Uh, it, it, it will be very hard, uh, for somebody to talk me out of this team, not being a prohibitive, uh, favorite in the NBA right now with Durant, with Harden, uh, I just think they're really, really uh, probably one level above pretty much anybody else. Where do you think they are?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally think that that number sits a little too high for my liking. Um, Now, as you mentioned, it's probably what the highest uh, win total in the NBA. So uh, that's probably why it feels so high to me. But, you know, even though I wouldn't completely downgrade them, you know, uh, on performance, because Kyrie's gone or he won't be playing if he doesn't get a shot. Uh, I do have to slightly downgrade him just on talent alone. Whether you like the guy or not, you know, I'm not a huge Kyrie fan, but the guy is really talented. He's a really good basketball player. Uh, And not having a guy like that impacts you. Now, some might say that it's actually better for you uh, because of the type of style that he likes to play. Uh, But all that aside, you know, all politics and, you know, personal Liberties aside, you know, I, I don't know. You can't really assume that this is going to be a, a poor team when you're talking about a guy like Kevin Durant, a guy like James Harden. It, it does, if, if I had one of those guys on the team, I would just assume that my team's going to play well. Uh, that's how good those guys are. As you said, they brought in, you know, Mills and if they would have had him last season, it would have been a huge, huge help to them. Uh, but they've got him this year. Some, something they can fall back on. Um, I, I still feel that that number is slightly too high. I, I would have to lean more towards the under, but I still don't think that that takes away from this team being probably one of the most talented teams in the league.
0: Yeah. I, I think where it really sort of step, you know, stems out, we, you know, we'll talk about uh, teams like the Lakers who, you know, depth will be an issue. This team just has depth because you, you have the hardened Durant Kyrie combo. Uh, you mentioned it. Yes. They're a little bit, uh, less talented without Kyrie there. I mean, if they have Kyrie, Durant, Harden, I, I'm putting them way, way up there as a favorite. With just Harden and Durant, there is a chance, especially like what happened in the playoff where Harden pulls up with a hamstring injury, then it's just Durant. Uh, but you saw, even with just Durant, uh, that uh, game uh, seven was decided by a uh, that much of a foot on a three-point line. So uh, if you have Kevin Durant, you put yourself in there if you have Kevin Durant and James Harden you really put yourself in there and then you know the depth is just you have Joe Harris to space the floor and play a little bit of defense you have Patty Mills to come in and make shots off the bench you have Bruce Brown to clean stuff up and provide energy Uh, they still have Blake Griffin who looked uh you know somewhat serviceable once again once he uh was down there. Now, he he probably shouldn't be guarding Giannis a whole lot, but uh, not many people in the league should be guarding Giannis a whole lot. But, you know, I I thought Blake Griffin gave them something. I really liked what they got from Nick Claxton, uh, Energy Big, who can, you know, roll to the basket, do a lot of dunks. And then, you know, I really like the draft pick of Deron Sharp. I don't I doubt he'll play all that much in this lineup, but uh, that's another big body space heater that you can throw at a team like Milwaukee in this uh, to help you out. So uh, I'm really big on Brooklyn. Now, over-unders, if you're asking me to hit the 57 win mark, uh, you know, I, I probably cut off my mark on a top, top elite teams here at about 55, even though I think both Brooklyn and Milwaukee probably will be in and around, you know, 80 or eighty wins. I, I doubt they'll be around 80 wins. <laughs> if 80 That'd wins, be amazing. Uh, that would be a really, really impressive regular season game. <laughs> I think they'll be in and around 60 wins. But, uh, you know, you mentioned it, like this Brooklyn team, if Harden or Durant goes out for, uh, you know, a stretch of season here, then you know, you don't have that uh, three-way star trifecta trident that they had uh, last year, whereas someone was seemingly was already always out of the lineup, but you still usually had the two there. Uh, so I'd go under on the 56 and a half, but I, I definitely would not bet on an under, under 56 and a half because uh, if this team's healthy, they're probably winning uh, 58 to 62 games in the regular season. You know, not to mention
1: the fact that, they are in a situation kind of like the Miami heat were back when they had the big three Bosch Wade and LeBron where players want to play there. They, cause they know that this team, if any team has a chance at winning a championship, they probably have the best odds. And, you know, as a player who's looking to get them, um, you know, as opposed to another team that I probably won't have a shot for and make a few extra bucks. So they do have that benefit where players want to play there. Um, so they always have that to fall back on. If they start getting injuries, things like that, or even, you know, later on in the season, if uh, some sort of trade comes up, um, it's definitely a favorable destination to go to. So uh, they, they have that going for them. So it's another, another feather to put on their hat.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Uh, w- we're both on the under of the nets but i think we both really really like the nets uh this season. We'll move to the one of the most interesting teams in the NBA. Every a, a lot of uh NBA uh people are really really high on this team. I'm going to pull back a little bit. I'm not quite as high on this team, but the uh, Charlotte Hornets are getting a lot of love this season. Uh, They are sitting at 37 and a half uh, wins uh, for their win total. Uh, They finished uh, last season at 33 and 39. Uh, So they were entertaining, but uh, basically they were a solid in and around 500 team. Gordon Haywood got hurt. They became less of a 500. They were still entertaining, uh, but they were not capable of winning games quite as much with Gordon Haywood there. Now, I I see this much like similar to, uh, you know, last year. Maybe Lamella Ball gets a little bit better. He was really good. Uh, Terry Rozier played really, really well. But this team really hinges on Gordon Haywood. Is Gordon Haywood going to play a, a full NBA season? Uh, I don't think we've seen that in three years. So saying, yes, Gordon Haywood is going to be there to be the bell anchor of this Charlotte Hornets team, and yes, they will uh, be able to do that, I don't know. I'm not willing to go over on this team, though I, I do think this is a really good NBA team. They probably have a pretty high ceiling But I I think the floor is there, too, because if Gordon Hayward gets hurt, I I become less in love with this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously having Hayward, there's going to be, you know, huge to your team regardless. Uh, My concern here is the fact that when you look at the guys that they lost during the offseason. To, you know, play a physical style of defense and. When I look at this team, to me, they look like they have the potential to be a very flashy offensive team. Uh, but it also looks like they could completely deteriorate when it comes to defense. And that's the part that concerns me, is that even though they they probably performed a lot better than people assumed they would last season, it's not the same team. It's a different team. And, uh, you know, we've heard time and time again, defense wins championships. doesn't matter how many superstars you got. You, you see it with Harden. You know, if you don't play defense... It's not much you're going to be able to accomplish. And that's my concern with this team right now is that I feel like they could definitely have a, a very poor show when it comes to defensive stats. Um, as good as they can be offensively, defense is what really scares me with this team.
0: Yeah. You bring up a great point here. Um, you know uh, this team and the next team we're going to talk about probably the two, Most high-ceiling teams and NBA teams are are talking about to look forward to. Uh, But you mentioned it. I I think there are defensive efficiencies on both sides of this. Now, maybe you could cover up a little bit of that with Gordon Haywood and Mason Plumlee. Uh, It it probably depends how much you're getting out of Kelly Oubre. Uh, He was atrocious uh, for the Golden State Warriors uh, to the point where they couldn't even play him uh, for the whole second half of the season when they got you know, rolling. But, you know, if you're starting LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier in your two guard spots, yes, it's really, really good uh, offensively, exciting and fun, but you're sort of a little bit of a hole there. Then you're going down to power forward. I love PJ Washington. What a worker, uh, but that's an underside power forward. So, you know, who's guarding Giannis in this? Who's guarding Kevin Durant in this? I, I I don't know if you can pull it all that on Gordon Haywood uh, and be like, here, why don't you guard uh, James Harden or Kevin Durant today and not get lit up or guard that uh, Miami team or guard that Boston team or guard that Pacers team? You know, th- there's so many teams that have so many good, you know, sort of wing players on it. And, and this team is really sort of deficient in wing defense and guard defense other than maybe Gordon Haywood, who's even then dropped off defensively since his ankle injury. And then you're counting on Kelly Oubre and Wes Indu. Eh, you know, that that's you know, hot and cold. Uh, Maybe we get a good Kelly Oubre season. Uh, Maybe we get the Kelly Oubre season we, uh, you know, saw last year. Uh, Maybe Wes Indu gets more minutes. But if you're playing Wes Indu, uh, you aren't getting that uh, good offense. Uh, I I love Wes Indu, but uh, he's not opening your thing up offensively. They did draft James Booknight, who's an interesting player out of UConn, uh, you know, probably can fill that Malik Monk role. The question, can he fill more of that uh, and be like a Ben Gordon type coming in and really lighten it up? Uh, We'll see about that. He was pretty inefficient in college, even though he could score. So, you know, actually, I'm under on this team as much as everybody seems to love this team. And it's a big leap past team uh, this year. I, I think it's a lot of people's league pass ranking team as uh you know, a top three team to watch. Uh, but I just think they're so dependent on Gordon Haywood to really carry this team. I, I can't have them make that jump to uh, about 38 wins here. Uh, that just seems like too high a jump for me.
1: Uh, I, I have to agree with you. I'm right there with you. I think that, I would have to take the under in this team. And it's not because I don't think that they're very talented, especially in the offensive side of the ball. It's more, it's more because I feel like they got it worse defensively and, you know, it's hard to win championships, let alone games, you know, when you don't play defense. Uh, so even though I feel like this could be a very exciting team to watch, I, I feel like I just have to hit the under on that one.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, so we're going to move from Charlotte to the chicago bulls and uh this has probably been the most active team uh since the second half of last season going into the trade deadline uh bringing in vucevic then bringing in demar de uh in the off season. uh bringing in lonzo ball bringing in alex caruso bringing in Derek jones jr <laughs> they still got zach levine uh sadly patrick williams got hurt who is the only person who even uh thinks about uh, defense. Uh, So, you mentioned the Charlotte Hornets defensive issues. What do you make of the Bulls here and their win total of 41 and a half? Uh, They sort of really disappointed towards the back end there when they made that trade for Vooch. Uh, they ended up finishing 31 and 41, but I think a lot of people thought this team was going to make that push into the playoffs. And now they've added even more. They're really making this push for the playoffs, but uh, y- you got to question this team defensively. If you question the Charlotte Hornets defensively.
1: <laughs> yeah, de- most definitely. I, I think that, uh, you know, defensively, they're definitely going to have their struggles, uh, but I think it's going to be more, uh, more obvious when you look at that starting lineup, you know, you have obviously some very, very good scores, you know, for their starting five and the death that they brought in or lack of, you know, lack of death. um, It seems like the off the starting five are going to have a good offensive time. They're good offensive showing. Um, They might struggle defensively, but then you turn it around to that bench and that bench I'm trying to figure out where they're going to get their points from the only thing i could think of here is that they're going to have to mix uh their rotations to where you're going to have to have one of your starters in there with some of your bench players at one point or another because i don't see how they're going to get any offense from that bench i just it seems like i don't know there's just too many holes on this team i i can't quite put my finger on exactly what they're trying to build um i like some of the moves that they made during the off season, but it's still, it's still, I think that team was just left with too many holes still to make me feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. You mentioned it.
1: This team also. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned, it, it's just a weird mishmash of a roster. It's a lot of really talented players, uh, but like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are essentially the exact same player. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball, Is He's a good basketball player, but I I don't know if he's a winning basketball player. He's basically been in the Lakers situation, didn't win there, got traded to the Pelicans situation, didn't win there, you add Vucevic, who's an electric, you know, scoring offensive center who can, uh, you know, pick and pop and play low post, uh, but he's also graded out as one of the def- worst defensive centers in the league. A- and then you mentioned the bench. Yeah, they add defensive guys like Karusko, like Derek Jones, uh, but... Are you going to sacrifice all those points and put those guys in? How are you mixing and matching? Who's going to be happy? Is, you know, Zach Levine going to be happy if, uh you know, Alex Caruso is in there to defend? Is Jamar DeRozan, who just signed a big free agent deal, they're going to be happy if Alex Caruso is in there? And uh, we get, you know, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Nick Vucevic, and Patrick Williams uh, to close out this thing. It just seems like... A weird mix and match in roster. Like, uh, if you're looking on paper at the roster, you're like, wow, they got a lot of good NBA players. Does that equate to wins, though? I, I don't know if it equates to wins. And you even saw a little bit of a preview of this when they traded for Vucevic. And they were like, oh, we're going to make the push here to get into the playoffs. And they actually got worse. Because it, it's <laughs> one basketball, all offensive guys, and no defensive guys. And then you got all sort of defensive energy guys on your bench and who are you swapping out and how are minutes being allocated?
1: Yeah. There's just, to me, there's too many question marks here. Uh, I I don't see this team. What did they win last, last season? Was Uh, it the equivalent of 37? I think.
0: Yes. uh, They won 31 games, which uh, the winning percentage on that is uh, 431. So I think that's 37, 38 games. That's
1: what I figured. and uh, A little preview of what's to expect uh, this season. And I wasn't blown away by it by any means. So, uh, again, you know, it feels like I'm taking a lot of unders this season. Towards an under for this team.
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely an under on this team as well. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is uh, Zach Levine is not uh, signed. He, he's, you know, uh, an underrestricted free agent after the this season. That might be a trade ship uh, where you, you know, you sort of use DeMar DeRozan, move him into Zach Levine's spot, maybe bring in some sort of, you know, uh, more fit into this roster. Because I, I think if you have DeRozan, Ball, uh, Vucevic out there, and then throw some sort of combination of Jones, Caruso, you probably have a little bit more balance. Uh, it's just so maybe there's a way to find if uh, they don't think Zach Levine's going to sign, re-sign with them to uh, maybe trade Zach Levine, balance this roster out a little bit uh, sometime in the midseason.
1: And, I mean, do you really think there's a chance that Levine re-signs with them, especially with the type of roster they
0: That, that's hard to say uh, I, I assume somebody is going to give him uh, a, a whole some large sum of money uh you know bordering on you know max supermax type deal the question is do I think that's worth it like if I was the bulls and I already had you know de signed uh, to a deal that's uh you know 27 30 million dollars. Am I going to throw that again at Zach Levine? Am I going to have two shooting guards?
1: First, exactly similar type of player too. Yeah,
0: who don't defend, need the ball, score a lot. Am I paying sixty million dollars for that? This isn't Tatum and Brown out here. It's just also Zach Levine's never won. At least DeMar DeRozan has, you know, shown he could win with the Raptors, win with the Spurs. Zach Levine hasn't won. Now, you know, some of that is circumstance. He, you know, started out on Minnesota. He's been on this bad Bulls team. Uh, But, you know, the thing is, it's like if you wait and see and don't offer him that contract extension now, you're probably going to piss him off and then he's more likely to leave because I'm assuming some team will throw that money at him. Uh, And... I think you'd just sort of be better off waiting and seeing and seeing how this roster gels and if Zach Levine can win with this team if he can win with this team then you know maybe you throw that money at him though I, I still don't think that would be uh, good money to throw it uh st- him but uh you know i've never been a huge zach levine guy uh great scorer and uh was actually really good on team usa but never been a huge zach levine fine uh bulls team will be interesting i I think it'll be a fun team to watch early on uh i would advise taking overs uh, for them for the first uh two months of the season we might get some 140s uh games here
1: yeah i'm gonna look forward to it but um no, that's something I look forward to for an entire season. At yeah. some point, you got to get a little balance, going.
0: Uh Also, if you're playing individual fantasy, I, I'd load up on the other <laughs> team's weeks. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: All right, uh, next up, we're going to Cleveland. And uh, speaking of uh, mismatched rosters that are uh, intriguing, Cleveland sits at 27 and a half here. Uh, last year, they were... Uh, uh, Pretty bad basketball team, 22 and 50, uh, 30 winning percentage on that. So, uh, it'd be a little bit uh, of a jump, but, uh, not too much of a jump at 27 and a half, uh, basically in and around the same that they were last year. And, uh, I I know it's going to sound weird, uh, but I sort of like this team. Uh, you know, they drafted Evan Mobley. I'm a big Evan Mobley guy out of USC. Uh, they brought in Ricky Rubio, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure why with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, uh, but he might be able to at least sort of control uh, a, a game a little bit better than those two who are, you know, really talented, but a little wild and not sort of knowing how to control games. They got a, they got Lori Markin in. Um, I, I'm not in love with that deal especially since no one was paying it for two months and then you uh, randomly uh, threw four and80 at him um, I, I you know you got to spend your money you got to hit the cap uh, <laughs> floor so whatever uh, how he's not a poorer version of Kevin love I don't know and then you have that Kevin love question uh, technically yes he's still on this roster uh, I whether he plays I don't know whether he's capable of you know playing NBA basketball anymore you know he begged to be on Team USA then showed up to Team USA out of shape uh so you know I I don't know what's in his head much like I don't know what's in Kyrie's have uh he's just a a little bit less uh chatty uh uh, about it other than during the game when he's randomly slapping balls and uh (laughs) to other teams uh but uh I, I do think this roster is a little bit talented, though. I, I will say that. Garland, Sexton, Orko, Mobley, Allen is your starting five. It, it's very, very young, but there's a lot of skilled players there. You throw in marketing, you throw in Rubio, maybe you throw in a 10-minute stretch of Kevin Love. Uh, I, I sort of like this team. It, it sounds weird, but I sort of like this team this year.
1: Yeah, you know... Uh... I kind of like, I kind of like them too. Uh, I'm not crazy about them. Like I wouldn't, you know, bet the mortgage on them going over or anything like that. But I do think that they can, they can play slightly above what their projected over under is. Uh, and I'll tell you my main reasoning for it. When I was l- watching their games early on last season, they really shocked me. I didn't think they were going to do nearly as good as they started off. They start off pretty hot, you know, based off the standards we had set for them. Yes. Uh, and. Yeah, they, they brought in you know some nice additions to the team, and I feel like Coach JB does a pretty good job at trying to you know get extra out of players, you know players that we normally don't expect extra out of. I think Coach JB does a really good job at, at really getting it out of these guys and, and kind of galvanizing the whole team. So I think that as long as they can kind of just you know go based based off the the. The path that they're currently setting right now, you know, the progress that they're trying to make with the team they're trying to build, I think they could be slightly better than expected. And so I think that if I had to take my first over, this would probably be the first team that I hit an over for.
0: Yeah. I'm with you here. And you know, if they sort of put Ricky Rubio in there and then sort of stagger Garland and Sexton and sort of have Rubio as uh, sort of the catalyst for this team Uh, you know, theoretically speaking, this is a pretty good defensive team, uh, Lori market and his but if you have Orko Mobley and Allen down there at your front line, and and then you have Ricky Rubio who's always been a really good defensive guard, uh, you know, sort of in there and you, you're staggering sort of the poor, uh, defensive play of Garland and Sexton in there. Uh, I I think this could be a good defensive young team, Uh, whereas, you know, we've talked about the Bulls and the Hornets in the two previous ones as sort of poor defensive young teams, uh, certainly on the Charlotte side of things here. Uh, So this team gives me makings that I I think it could be sort of uh, solid defensively and and then sort of weave in some of those, uh, you know, poor defenders in there to give them that offense they need.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with everything you said pretty much. Um, Uh,
0: let's move on to uh the west coast and the dallas mavericks uh new coach rick carlisle out after uh you know a long long time uh (laughs) with the dallas mavericks uh a a successful run there but it, it was probably time for sort of a parting of the ways there uh they bring in jason Kidd. mixed results as a head coach uh you know did okay with the Nets, but that was a highly veteran team who sort of could self-coach itself. Not great results with the Bucks, but I guess you got to give them a little bit of credit with, uh, you know, uh, bringing the development of Giannis Antetokounmpo in there. I-, I don't know how much credit you give. I think you give a lot of that credit to Giannis himself uh, with his work ethic, but uh, I-, I think you got to give some to Jason Kidd there. Uh, Dallas. I, they re-signed Tim Hardaway. Uh, it should be a healthier season for Chris Steps Porzingis. At least that's, you know, the word we're getting. He had a full offseason to, you know, rest, recover, uh, work out, uh, which hasn't happened in a while. Maxi Kleba should be healthy. They bring in Reggie Bullock. They bring in Sterling Brown. And then you got probably the budding star of the NBA in Luka Doncic here. Uh it's an interesting team uh, because really, Luca is so good that this team is be, is already a really really good team. Uh, where it could move itself into a team that could be in the mix uh, in the Western Conference is what you get from poor Porzingis. The number sits at forty eight and a half here for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they are one. 42 games uh, last year, 42 and 30. Uh, and, and that was with a, a bad little stretch there where they weren't healthy and had a, a bad COVID situation. Uh, so, what do you make of this Dallas Mavericks team? Uh, can they move themselves into contenders into the West here? Uh, if, if you watch them play that Clippers game, it took one of the uh, greatest games uh, ever in playoff history by Kawhi Leonard to move that Clippers team past them. And I, I think if Kawhi hadn't a gotten hurt, we might be talking about the Los Angeles Clippers as NBA champions here. So what do you make of this Dallas team? What's their ceiling? What's their floor?
1: I mean, I think their floor, if, if there even is a floor for this team, um, it still has to be pretty, pretty high. Um, the ceiling itself, I think this team is definitely a contender. Um, it seems like they tried to get you know all their pieces that they had last season, and then some additions to just improve defensively. Um, but I think this team has everything that they need. I think they're they're completely built for for a long you know uh, season run, and and they're built for a playoff run. Um, whenever you have Luca, I think they offensive juggernauts. And you're talking about the way the West has kind of been playing now. I feel like the West has a mean weaker defensively this season. Um, And I see Dallas at least kind of remaining on par to what they were last season. And if I'm going based off of those standards, I think that they're going to have a really good season. So as you mentioned, Porzingis is I really like Porzingis, you know, he's, he's a big, big dude but you know, he can stretch the floor. He does so many different things for your team. So having him healthy um, can only help your team, you know, be that much better. This is another team that I feel like the over under is probably right right around where I'd like it to be. Um, And it makes me feel comfortable enough that I would take an over for this team. But gonna pan out like, you know, as season progresses, but as right now, preseason, I really like this team. And I think this team could definitely hit an over.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I'm really big on this team. Uh, I, I would even move them uh, fringe contention with or without, you know, a, a sort of healthy, happy Chris Porzingis. If you have a happy Chris Porzingis and, and not sort of one sulking over there because, you know, they basically just stick him in the corner to stretch the floor, uh, I, I think with what is going on in the West here with the Clippers, without Kawhi probably all season long, with the Nuggets, without Jamal Murray pretty much all season long, uh, you know, we'll get into the Lakers situation, interesting uh, mix of uh, characters in that. I, I think this Mavericks team can not step up here, especially when, you know, you have a player like Luka Doncic, this is one of those select few, uh, you know, NBA players that can just carry a team to regular season wins, to playoff wins. These don't come around very often. Uh, you know, there are a lot of really, really good players. There are a lot of superstar players. This is a legit sort of franchise player, uh, you know, who makes your franchise good no matter what sort of pieces you put around him. What Would I like a... a Another really uh, number two guy that we know is a number two guy, instead of sort of a question mark like Chris Stapps, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay happy, if he can stay motivated, they become a Western uh, finals contender, and I think legitimately so without him, they become a really good team who could get on a run and maybe make that Western Finals if uh, a couple breaks go their way. Uh, They might have done it last year, you know, if a couple breaks went their way and they beat that Clippers in that Clippers series. So really, really interesting. Love this Dallas Mavericks team, and I actually think they're going to really, really have a great regular season. I I think this is going to be Maybe a two seed out the West, uh, if they reach their potential here, uh, love this team. I'm going over on this. I think they get into the mid fifties, uh, win mark here, even through it. Uh, now that being said, my biggest question mark, uh, outside of Chris Depp's Borzingis is Jason Kidd. you know, mixed results. Uh, has he learned stuff? Uh, I like his coaching staff that he brought in and maybe he's ready to really be a head coach, uh, in this league and show that uh, he can carry this team uh, past what they've reached in the past.
1: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. That's just exactly how I feel about this whole situation. Um, But I do expect a lot of really good things. And if they can stay healthy and keep everybody motivated, I think the sky's the limit for this team.
0: Yeah, definitely so. All right. Next up, we're going to the Denver Nuggets uh, with the reigning MVP in Nikola Jokic. Uh, Denver went 47-25 and 25 last year. Uh, they sit at a win total this season of 47-and-a-half. Uh, that being said, they will not have Jamal Murray. I mean, there is word that he might come in, you know, towards the back half of, uh, you know, the end of the season. Uh, we'll see about that. He is... You know, a little bit younger, so maybe he'll be able to heal up. Uh, you know, they got that extension for Michael Porter Jr. Hill's locked up. They gave that extension for Aaron Gordon, who they traded for, uh, you know, at the trade den l- last season. He's locked up. I-, I think this is still a really good team, and they showed that when Murray got hurt uh, last year, and-, and they still won games, mostly because Nikola Jokic uh, is-, is just a really, really good, unique player that uh, the NBA really hasn't seen a player like this, uh, you know, really ever. What makes me nervous here is this guard rotation, and, and you saw it in the playoffs. Uh, Jokic won them that series uh, versus the Portland Trailblazers, but then they got in that Phoenix Suns series, and you just you can't win games with Monty Morris and Campazo and Austin Rivers. As your starting guards, there, there's just such a hole there at that guard waiting for Jamal Murray. I, I love that front line of Porter and uh, Gordon and Jokic, but it, it just looks so bad. Their guards here. What do you think of the Denver Nuggets? I, you know, even
1: even without with all the interest they're going to be dealing with it during the beginning of the season, I still think this team is good enough to still you know go over that uh, over under mark and. Yeah, I know there's a small sample size, you know, as you mentioned, you know, it was only, you know, what, like 25 games that they yeah. played. Uh, but... I think they were I, I like,
0: think, you know, 16-6, and six, though, in those games, so...
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and you know, if you look at the stats for those for those games when he was out, I know that Georgia had to step, step up and play a lot better than he was playing, which is, I mean, in itself is kind of ridiculous to say, uh, but to me, at least, I feel like... Still being considered a threat um, going forward, even if he does miss significant time, I, I think that this team's still good enough. They're deep enough, uh, and they have obviously the big guy to fall back on. Um, so, if I had to choose, if I had to put money on this, I would lean more towards the over. Uh, I think this team's very talented and deep, and I think that it obviously it'd be great if they were healthy. You know, they—they, they, I'm sure they'd love to have everybody healthy, but I think that they're still good enough to get by. Uh, you know, especially with uh, with the guys that they have on that roster.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think they can win regular season games. Uh, you know, the sad part is I, I don't, you know, it, it, I don't think they'll be able to win in the playoffs. You know, with that guard rotation, it, it's just, it makes it too difficult. You know, you put too much on Jokic. Uh, it, it depends a lot on Michael Porter Jr. He's really going to have to, you know, he was sort of hot and cold Uh, last year you know he was learning in that first year after the back injury last year he was sort of hot and cold he'd have games where you're going this is a a elite player in this league and then he'd have games where he totally disappeared and he certainly wore down by the playoffs this season he's going to have to make that jump I I think he will make that jump if you look at his numbers he shot over 40 percent on threes in his first two years in the league so you know he's he's he has the ability to be a legit, uh, you know, really good superstar player, second fiddle to Jokic in this league. If we get that jump, I, I think this team can win 48 to 52 games. Uh, so I'm like you. I'm going to ride the over here at 47 and a half. Uh, Jokic, I, I don't think, totally gets the respect that you'd think, even though he did win the MVP, he wins games in this league. He's won games in this league all ever since, you know, he started to take over that dominant role, and uh, I think that'll continue here. So, you know, as long as Jokic stays healthy, which he's shown he, he's not really injury prone, I don't think he moves fast enough to get hurt. So uh, um, I like the over here at 47 uh, and a half. I think they get uh, into that. Uh, I, I think low would be 48. I think they could get all the way up to maybe 52 wins here.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I have the same type of feeling. Like I said, health is going to be an issue, uh, the main concern here. But uh, as you mentioned, he's never really had injury concerns. So uh, I think they're going to be okay. Um, and once they're all healthy, uh, they're going to be really scary.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been a fun year if they'd started out with Murray. I, I think I think they would have been my number one spot to win that title uh, with Murray, Gordon, Porter, and uh, Jokic there. And then, yeah, Barton and Morris – coming you know as secondary scorers off the bench or you know in a a supporting starting role instead of having them you know have to be a main contributor onto this team uh next up detroit pistons uh it was a terrible year for the detroit pistons last year uh it's a good thing they let jeremy grant uh jaron grant do all the things that he did uh But uh, they got the number one pick in the draft, which is sort of what they were shooting for 20 and 52 on the year. Uh, This season, their win total sits set up on 24 and a half here. Uh, I I must say, I'm kind of intrigued by this roster. I I will say I'm a very, very big Cade Cunningham fan. Really like his game. Uh, Can he come in and win them games? I don't know. But, you know, you sort of look at this uh, starting five. Now, granted, uh, it might be along in the G League uh, because they're a whole, like, 20 and under. Uh, But you got Killian Hayes, their first-round pick from last year. You got the new number one pick uh, in Cade Cunningham. You have Sadiq Bey, who really, really played great as a rookie. You have their uh, max player in Jeremy Grant. And then you got the young guy, Isaiah Stewart, probably going to start this game. That's a lot of uh potential uh but it's very very young potential here how do you think this Detroit Pistons season is uh going to play out
1: you know this team I'm a little confused about and it's you know they have a lot of really young guys and as you mentioned there was a point in time last season where they started playing their young guys and it seems kind of like they were starting to build a, a rapport with each other uh but I don't know what to expect. I I didn't get to watch a lot of Pistons games, and uh, I don't foresee myself watching a lot of Pistons games this season. Uh, But I I do like their their young nucleus of of guys they have. I feel like they they definitely can't – they can win games, but I feel like there's still more development that needs to to happen with those guys, and uh, I I don't know – what's the over-under on this team?
0: Uh, This team's over-under is 24-and-a-half. They won 20 games last year.
1: I mean, I could I could see them going over, uh, especially if they continue to develop at the at the rate that they were developing last season. You know, they're young guys, as you mentioned. You know, they have obviously more talent that came in this season. Uh, so you can only expect them to be better. So I guess if I had to, I would I would have to slightly lean towards the over on this one, especially seeing as how low the uh, the number is.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a little bit torn uh, here because I, I actually like. Uh, A lot of these players on this team, I think they could be really a good watch. This might be a good team uh, to watch, but, you know, the NBA is cruel. And, uh, you know, this sort of gives me the sense that this team will be in a lot of games till about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. (laughs) And then uh, when they need buckets, they need stops. The other teams will be able to get those buckets and stops because they have a lot of veteran NBA players. This team probably is not going to be able to function uh, in that way. Even though Cade Cunningham was great at that in college, uh, this is another step up. Uh, Being able to uh, create and close out games in the NBA, much different than being able to create and close out games in college. And uh, even there, uh, he wasn't able to, you know, just carry that Oklahoma State team to a ton of wins. Now, uh, they were very, very talented division at Oklahoma State. Really love Cade Cunningham. It'll be interesting to see where Killian Hayes sits. Uh, You know, he had sort of a lost season last year uh, with the hip injury, uh, but uh, towards the end of the year when he got some playing time, started to play okay. Uh, Just should be interesting to see what they will. I probably am going to lean under uh, just because – I don't think they'll be able to finish out games. They'll lose a lot of close games late. And then sort of as the season tor- turns to towards that last two months, uh, they're probably going to be eyeing wanting to bring in another high draft pick. I, I wonder how my- many of these guys uh, sort of get the uh, shutdown uh, maneuver here. And the other thing I- I'm interested in is uh, Jeremy Grant. Is he going to be okay if it's, you know, Cade Cunningham's team? Uh, you know, he... he- threw away a deal with the Denver Nuggets as a, uh, you know, a, a big time role player to sign that big deal with the Pistons to be the, you know, lead guy. Uh, maybe he's still the lead guy this year, uh, but in two, three years, KDAC Cunningham is going to be that lead guy. Is he going to be okay sort of sitting back and becoming that role player again now that he has his money?
1: Yeah. I mean, but you know, you see it a lot of times for a lot of these guys, um, their role is much more important than what they're going to make. Um, a lot of these guys are coming in to take the spotlight. And in today's NBA, it's not like the NBA, you know, from back in the days when I used to sit down and watch games all the time, uh, where it, the market really dictated how much, you know, the spotlight you were going to get. Now it doesn't matter with, you know, today's, uh, you know, with the NBA league pass and uh, social media and, you know, players are really exposed. They, they get all the exposure that they want. Uh, so, I think it's going to be really telling uh, going forward. We're going to see whether he really wants to be the guy because he really wants to be one of the best, or if he just wants to be in the spotlight. So I think it's going to be a a telling season, Uh, but, you know, obviously there's still, there's still a a lot that remains to be seen. We still don't know how the rest of the guys are going to develop there. So uh, question marks still left to be answered, but I, I kind of like the
0: yeah definitely so all right uh we'll move on to golden state one of the most interesting sort of uh, science experiments i think there is uh they have a lot of old they have a lot of young uh does it uh intertwine and uh equal wins i don't know uh but if you have steph curry you're going to win basketball games i i think that's proven golden state uh, last year finished 39-33, and 33, uh, got to the play-in game, uh, just missed out on that play-in game by the the Lakers hitting that uh, last-second shot uh, to win that game and then getting bounced uh, by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Golden State Warriors' win total sits at 48-and-a-half. A big, big jump here. Uh, you know, some of that is going to be because Clay Thompson, uh, quote-unquote, is coming back. Uh, you know, they're saying now it's like... Post Christmas that he's coming back, you know what? Clay Thompson are we getting? It's an ACL, it's an Achilles. Now, are are we getting Clay Thompson three years ago, or are we getting Clay Thompson with a bad knee and a bad ankle foot? I don't know. Uh, I, I interesting draft. They could have gotten drafted a couple guys that sort of were already NBA-ready, and they could have slid in there more role-player style. They went with a, another big upside guy. Last year, they went with James Wiseman. This year, they went with Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga. Both electric-looking uh, athletes. Can they be big-time basketball players? We'll see. Now, they did take Moses Moody as well, who's a little bit more advanced and probably uh could slide in and play a role. Uh so this team is both young and old. They bring in Otto Porter Jr., they bring in Andre Iguodala. What do you make of this Golden State team?
1: You know, I was really big on Golden State last season. As a matter of fact, I think they were one of my sleepers uh coming into the season. And they kind of disappointed. I mean, I I guess it's hard to really foresee injuries happening and one of the things that I didn't foresee was Clay Thompson being out for the year. So that, that played a big part in it. Um, as you mentioned, they said that he'll probably be back like around Christmas time. Uh, so you, you know, you're talking about right when teams start getting into, into the flow of things. Listen, you got Steph Curry on your team. I think you got a really good shot of winning just about any game. The question then becomes is um, last year they took a guy, they, they took a shot with Wiseman who both of us were really high on and, and, I remember saying that I thought he was the most NBA ready, Um, but obviously as we saw as the season progressed, he wasn't quite ready. And and probably one of the reasons why they feel like he still needs more development going into this season. Um, I like Golden State. Uh, I just think that the numbers set a little too high for me, uh, especially with the way they ended last season. Uh, I'd like to see some consistency, you know, before I, I feel comfortable, so I think that if I had to put anything on it, I would have to lean more towards the under for this season.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go under. Now, you know, in, in theory, uh, let's say mid-January, February, you have Steph Curry, you have Clay Thompson, you have Andrew Wiggins, you have Otto Porter, you have Draymond Green as your starting five, uh, you have Kevin Looney coming off the bench, you have Andre Igadala coming off the bench, uh, you have You know, Tyrone Poole, who I really thought stepped up for them. Uh, You know, you have Damian Lee. uh, This could be a good team. The other thing I wonder about is how you sort of weave these young guys in here by taking these projects, by taking Kaminga, by taking Wiseman, by taking Moody. You know, how do you get them game time? and still try to be a legit contender in the Western Conference. Because if that starting five is healthy and ready to go uh, with those veteran uh, bench guys, you shouldn't even play Wiseman, Kaminga, or Moody. You're sort of a uh, an NBA contender if all those guys are healthy. If Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Porter, Green, uh, Poole, Looney are all healthy, that's a legit nba western conference contender how healthy they are i don't know so how do you weave in wiseman kaminga moody these young guys who are probably going to be your future in three to five years
1: well that's what i was going to tell you is i think it it becomes an issue because at some point you know i understand you have the g league and all this you know for player development but nothing develops a player like playing in nba games against nba talent and as you mentioned when you have the guys that you have what do you do with the rest of these young guys i think it becomes an issue these are this is the future guys, the potential development and um i mean i mean it's it's i think it's it's they're in a really tough uh predicament here and I, I i don't like it too much and i don't know it's they're going to be okay they like you said on paper they have a really good roster they have a pretty much a contender type of roster but they they have to take into account the fact that they have to play these younger guys because they have to develop them and not just that they have to be able to mesh with the rest of the guys that they're going to build with so they're in a really tough predicament but it's probably one of the reasons why i have a feeling like they're going to go under on this over under total uh but Again, this is just from the perspective of a casual fan.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning under on this one as well. 48-and-a-half, that's 49. No clay until, you know, a, at least post uh Christmas and even then you're probably working him back in slowly it's not like you know December twenty sixth; he's gonna be (laughs) playing 40 minutes a night or anything you know it's probably you know 15 20 minutes no back-to-backs you know stuff like that so this team might not even be fully formed until like February now, uh, that being said, if they are fully formed by February, March, uh, this probably isn't a team I really want to run to in the playoffs uh, because then it might be dangerous, and, and then you really can just be like, young guys, go enjoy the bench and enjoy the atmosphere of the NBA playoffs. Uh, we're trying to win something here. So I'm going under at 48 and a half, uh, but I do think this team has the potential to be really, really dangerous uh, as the season sort of goes along here.
1: I, I want to say the same thing so badly uh, except for the fact that I said that last season. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of uh, G league teams, uh, the Houston Rockets uh, actually <laughs> are a G league team. Uh I don't know what the average age on this uh, team is, but I think Christian Wood is their oldest player. Uh, so that pretty much uh, <laughs> sums up this team. They finished 17 and 55 uh, last year. Uh, Got the uh, big-time prospect in Jalen Green. Uh, Got Yusme Gruba from Spain. I I think you're going to like this guy. You need to watch uh, Gruba play for the uh, uh, Rockets here. Uh, If you like old-school post dudes, uh, this guy's uh, your kind of guy because he doesn't leave about a four-foot circle in the paint. He's wide, and uh, he makes post moves uh, like an old-school guy. So big on Gruba. Uh, But this team... uh, It's not built to win this season. Uh, It's built to lose a lot of games and get a lot of the uh, young guys uh, time. Now, John Wall is technically on the roster, but they've agreed to uh, find a trade for him, so he will not be playing. Uh, Who's taking that $50 million a year deal? I don't know. Um, Eric Gordon also is technically on this roster. I'm not quite sure what uh, his uh, motivation is to play uh, this season. And then you got all these young guys. You got Eric Gordon. You got Christian Wood. You got Nawaba. You got House. You got Gruber. You got Porter. uh, You got Jashan Tate. You got Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, This is probably pretty easy to preview. They aren't going to win a lot of games. But do you think they'll be... Are they going in the right direction with these young guys? Do you like any of these young guys? Do you think this Rocket team is... uh, has potential in probably four to five years to be back where they were a couple years ago
1: okay now first let me start off by saying that i i looked it up um and i don't know if this is including wall but the average age of the houston Rockets is 23.7
0: that's correct
1: (laughs) so so that that tells you all you need to know um it's a really young team okay i like what i've seen from wood but I, I don't really know a lot of these other guys. And, and I mean, I guess you could,
0: well, uh, why would you? Uh, 90% of them were in high school two years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you, see, like, I know you, you're really deep into basketball. Like I watched, ca- I watch basketball more as a casual, these young guys, you know, um, from all kinds of divisions and, you know, even in high school. So you have a better uh, understanding of where these guys sit season I don't think they're going to win many games and I could be wrong I don't know enough about the team to put you know my mortgage on it but if I had to bet on it if I had to put the mortgage I would say this team's going to go under and it's simply because they're very inexperienced they're very raw um, and the guys that I do know of uh, still have some development to do so uh, I, I think that this team although they might have some games where they you know, can run up and down the court and be very flashy. I think they still have a lot of growing pains to, to go through. And uh, I'm going to have to take an under on this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, 27 and a half just seems like way, way too many wins for this Houston Rockets team. Uh, not only that, they aren't even trying to win. Uh, so if by some magical wand, they win games early, uh, there's going to be magical sicknesses, for a lot of these players to make sure they do not win games. So they get that draft pick, you know, and, uh, you know, you're talking about it. Jalen green, uh, didn't even play in college last year. So you wouldn't even have uh, picked up. He played in the, he he skipped college to play in that little G league, uh, bubble summit for uh, about two months there. So unless you were really, really paying attention, uh, you would not, he would probably not have popped up on your radar. Uh, so, and, uh, gruba played in spain last year uh, i know you haven't been keeping up with their international basketball uh too much. You know, out of all
1: the seasons to not watch this is the one
0: <laughs> so yes uh, i i understand you know, these guys aren't on your radar they're gonna lose a lot of games uh they probably will be a favorite of the tiktok crowd because there'll probably be a lot of cool little dunks that they can just snip clips of uh but you might want to look at the score of that game uh, when you uh, see the clips because it might be uh, 120 to 75 in a lot of these <laughs> games. Uh, so winning is not going to be a part. I can't believe this number sits at uh, 27 and a half because this team's just not going to win NBA games. Not only that, they're in the West. Uh, so they don't even get the benefit of the lower tier of the East. Uh, the West, basically, other than the Thunder and the Rockets, are... Uh, are all very good, well-built roster teams who all think they have a chance of making the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, way under for this Rockets team. Uh, we'll see how their youth uh, sort of uh, goes. Next up, the Indiana Pacers. Rick Carlyle takes back over the job uh, for the Indiana Pacers here. Uh, they drafted Quest Yarte. Uh, I really like Yarte. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon returns. Uh, Karis Levert. Though he's already hurt, Uh, I think that's his full name, Karis Levert. Though he's already hurt, Uh, T.J. Warren should be back. Uh, Sabonis and Turner here. Uh, They had a whole lot of problems with their coaching last year. Um, Hopefully, Rick Carlisle can uh, get that situated this season. Uh, I think this roster can win. They have a lot of good players on it. Uh, Where are you thinking uh, these Indiana Pacers go here? I think this could be a little bit of a sleeper team. Their number sits at 50, 40, 52 and a half, 42 and a half. So right there in and around 500. I think they can get into that 45-46 win mark. Maybe make that jump into the uh, second tier of the East.
1: You know, for a second then, when you said 52 and a half, I was like, okay, I'll probably go with under. In this. Miller
0: one. and Antonio Davis are not coming back.
1: But it, but it's crazy how you know a ten game gap actually makes a big difference because at forty two and a half I feel like this could definitely go over. Um, I saw a lot of promise from them last season, uh, and I, I think that the reason they came short or, and, and in a lot of those contests. And I hate to say it, and I hate to put all the blame on one person because it, it's a unit, you know, type of thing. But I feel like the coach was was a big reason to their you know to their shortcomings last season. Uh, obviously, Carlisle comes back and he seems to be the type of coach that's going to, you know, uplift them and kind of get them going. So um, if I had to pick, I'm I'm probably going to go with an over for this team. I think that they've got enough talent on this team and they were just missing the right type of coach. So with him coming back now, I I like them for an over.
0: Yeah. Uh, Other than the weird mix of Turner and uh, Sabonis, I I do think there are a lot of really good players on this uh, roster. Uh, You know, hopefully Levert can find his way healthy uh, because I I think if you throw out Brogdon, Levert, uh, T.J. Warren, Sabonis, and Turner, uh, that's five really good NBA players, Mm -hmm. Uh, Sabonis being an elite-level NBA player here, so... I think this is a good roster uh, with good coaching this season, which they didn't have last year, Rick Carlisle in there. I think they could, if things break right, could be a contender to maybe hit that 50-win mark, uh, but I, I really like this over at forty two and a half and uh, here. Now, you know, I, I would be a little uh, pulled back on that because Brogdon and Levert both have been, uh, injury prone, uh, pretty much every year they've been in the league. So I'd be a little bit worried by that, but if you got a full season out of those guys, pretty much, I, I think this team could be a legit, uh level contender. All right, let's move on to LA, not your LA, the LA Clippers here. Uh, pretty good season. Uh, last year, uh, they went 47 and 25 overall, uh, They had a tough uh, playoff series with the Dallas Mavericks, uh, got by that, had a tough series with the Jazz. Kawhi Leonard got hurt in that Game 5 game just when it looked like these uh, Clippers had come together and were about to make a a big-time run uh, in the playoffs. And then they lost in the Western Conference Finals, though I I thought they fought pretty brilliantly. Uh, Paul George Uh, I won't say erased playoff demons, uh, but finally looked like he uh, actually wanted to be a a playoff NBA player instead of uh, uh, talking like a playoff NBA player and delivering nothing. So uh, that being said, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, quote-unquote, they say he might be back, uh, judging from what we know about Kawhi Leonard and uh, his return from injuries. My guess is we probably don't see him this uh, season. They sit at 45 and a half. Honestly, I thought that was way too high. You look at this roster, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Zubach as your starting five. That tells me you're probably a 500 team in the West. I'm curious what you think about this team out West here.
1: You know, I had a similar type of feeling at first. Uh, but then I, I remember the playoffs and I remembered how you think Paul Randy George was is
0: back to being the greatest point guard in the NBA. No,
1: well, no, but you got, you got to look at when Jackson and, and, and uh, George sorry, freaking. Yeah. Paul George. I'm, I, I don't know why I have Kawhi Leonard in my head. He's not even going to play. I don't think he's going to play this season. Uh, but when they were on the, on the court together, they were pretty dominant. Um, and it's not something that you expect to see out of Paul George. She seems to really have taken the, Robin roll uh, you know, into, into heart. And, and it seems like he really relishes that title, but I don't know. I, I really didn't expect him to play the way he did. And I feel that if they can kind of keep up that, that type of play, you know, I think they got Bledsoe there too. So yes. I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they could go over. I think they could be quietly sneaky good. Um, and, and maybe not a playoff team, but a regular season team. Not By much, so I don't feel super comfortable like you know, putting my stamp of approval on it. But I think that this team can be good, I, I think they can win regular season games, they have enough talent on there. So if I had to choose, I would go for an over on this one.
0: Interesting, uh, you know, uh, you're correct. If we get the Reggie Jackson we got from the playoffs, uh, yeah, they probably are a, a regular season team who will go over that number. I, I'm just Where has that Reggie Jackson been uh, since probably six years ago in Detroit when they uh, made that push in the playoffs? Now, you know, he really looked good. And if you look at his sort of statistics, uh, even in the regular season last year, uh, in isolation one-on-one, he was like one of the best, you know, scorers in the league. So if that continues, uh, Paul George uh, will be able to. They have enough role players. I, I just... I don't know. This West is so tough and so deep. I I don't know if they can hit that mark. Uh, So I'm going under on this team, but uh, it it should be really, really interesting uh, to see where they are and sort of Well, it won't be interesting to hear the Kawhi updates every third day. And, uh, you know, (laughs) he moved his knee a half inch this week. I think he'll be back in January. And then uh, we're discussing his return, uh, you know, next uh, (laughs) October.
1: It's okay, because you know what? Next October. (laughs) So you'll be all good.
0: All right. uh, (laughs) So let's move from that L.A. team. To your L.A. team, Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers had a difficult season uh, last year after injuries sort of uh, caught up to them, 42-30, and uh, just got out of the playoff game, matched up with the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs, uh, looked to take control of that series, Anthony Davis went down, uh, no longer had control of that playoff series, Uh, first round exit, disappointing. Uh, From that, uh, we get a whole new roster. A roster that uh, basically was very, very good basketball team in 2013. Uh, Whether it will be good in uh, 2021-22, I don't know. Uh, But this win total sits way up there. Uh, Number four, 52 and a half uh, here. Achilles, this is your team (laughs) <laughs> what do you make of the Los Angeles Lakers? Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Ariza, uh, Rajon Rondo, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I, I'm just listing this. And then you still have Davis and James there. Uh, did you like the moves? How are they going to be?
1: All right. So I'm just going to let you know off the bat, okay? You're going to get nothing but buys mm-hmm. to talk from me. All right. Uh, you just look at look at it on paper. Look at the talent level. You look at the players, look at the numbers they've been able to put up as long as they can stay healthy. In my opinion, this is the team coming out of the West, you know, into the finals. Um, uh, of course, you know, there's so many different factors that come into play. You saw it last season when Davis went down, they completely changed the uh, the the look of the team. It wasn't the same team. Obviously, he's the defensive anchor. You know, everybody likes to talk about LeBron James and how he plays such great defense. And at times he can, but the issue comes when he has to play both sides of the ball. Uh, he he's not the LeBron uh, back from Black in Cleveland. He's not the LeBron from back in Miami. He's a little older. He's you know a step slower. Um, not that he's still not great. He still is great. But it's harder for him to be able to play. Uh, you know both sides of the ball, uh, both defense and offense, and carry the team uh, while doing so. Uh, you know I used to see it with Kobe Bryant. Whenever you have a guy that's considered to be great on your team, it seems like the role players tend to defer to them a lot, and they just kind of sit back and watch. And, and instead of playing, you know, team basketball, they sit back and they're expecting that person to take over. It's a lot easier when you have a healthy Anthony Davis. Uh, because he changes the game but I don't know they brought in a lot of big names man and and I'm really pumped uh it's I but I think that if there was any team that could handle these personalities it has to be the Lakers so uh I'm really excited and if I'm going for the over under on this one I'm going over I think that this is a team that's coming out of the west um, but again this is a lot of biased talk from a, a casual fan here
0: yeah, this is interesting here. Uh you know, I, I, I sit in two minds here. This is a championship team if LeBron James and Anthony Davis stay healthy. Uh the rest of the cast, you know, don't really factor in too much. Uh, you know, they can switch out role players and name players all they want. If Javis if James and Davis are healthy, they will be Javis, I like uh, that. They will be factors in the postseason. Uh now. That being said, Davis, health, always a little bit of a question. LeBron James has been healthy most of his career, uh, but you've seen it two of the last three years. You know, he had that uh, groin strain with the Lakers uh, before that. Then he had... You know, the ankle injury. Now, that's a little bit of a fluky sort of thing. Uh, But once again, that's an injury that, you know, sort of didn't let him be LeBron James in that Phoenix series. So when Anthony Davis went out, he wasn't capable of carrying that team past that Phoenix Suns team. You know, another year on the body. Does more injuries creep up? Do Anthony Davis injuries creep up? You know, regular season-wise... I think they'll probably get off to a bit of a slow start. You've definitely seen that with Russell Westbrook the past couple of years. He sort of had to rev that engine up, and then by midseason he gets going. But I do think they'll win a lot of games in the regular season. I'm interesting the health in the playoffs, and then you know I, I think the biggest thing here, you know, the Trevor Ariza's, the Carmelo Anthony's, Kendrick Nunns, Rondos. I don't think they matter too much, you know as role players on this team. But Russ probably doesn't think he's a role player. He never has, and he never will. And he will probably be 75 trying to climb onto an NBA basketball team, uh, trying to take control of said basketball team. Love Russell Westbrook. But I am interested in the playoffs, how Russ and LeBron James cohabitate. That's a lot of wanting of the ball. That's... My main thing, James Westbrook playoffs, can they cohabitate? Because Russ isn't a guy you go, go stand in the corner and drain us a couple threes as LeBron collapses the paint and kicks it out to you. So that would be my only other thing. Russ' personality meshed with James and Davis here in the playoffs.
1: And listen, and your points are completely valid. I I totally understand where you're coming from, how it's going to work out. I saw it last season, you know, and, and one of the players that obviously everybody gets to watch is LeBron James. You know, uh, at one point he was considered to be the uh, the guy in the a lot of LeBron, and you watched him last season, you noticed that he really took a step back from, you know, trying to handle the ball the entire time. Um, he went back into that role, obviously, when Anthony Davis went down, but it seemed to me like he was really letting his guards, you know, handle the ball. He was really playing the role of, um, almost a decoy. And I think that he's going to play a similar type of role this year, which will in turn help him out. Uh, the less wear and tear you put on him, the longer he can stay healthy. Uh, and same thing for Davis, you know, he's, he's a young guy, but he's a big, big dude. Uh, so I think that having a guy like Westbrook is actually going to benefit them uh, in the long run. Uh, Cause it'll keep them fresher and healthier going forward.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going over regular season wins 52 and a half. I, I think this is 54, 55, 56 win team. Even with probably, I, I'm guessing they probably get off to a bit of a slow start as they work their way into the season. How much panic that sets in. I don't know, but, uh, I'm going over the 52 and a half next up Miami heat and heat culture. Bring in Kyle Lowry, uh, re sign duck and Robinson, Jimmy Butler. Stay there. Bam. Stay there. Uh, Interesting team here. Uh, They are essentially the opposite of the Houston Rockets. Uh, Average age of uh, 23. This team's average age probably of 33 with Duncan Robinson uh, and Tyler Hero (laughs) bringing that down a little bit. But, uh, you know, Miami Heat, mixed bag of a season last year. Um, They were... You know, an okay team. They played well in spots. Didn't play well in spots. Forty and thirty-two. Uh, then got swept by the Bucks in the playoffs. But uh, you know, I, I, I no shame in that. What do you make of the changes to this Heat team? Uh, I think they think they're a contender. Their win total sits at forty-eight and a half this season. Uh, Vegas thinks they're a contender. Are the Miami Heat a contender? Have they put themselves back in that spot uh, to be a legitimate threat out of the Eastern Conference?
1: Yeah, last season, I was pretty high on the Heat, and a lot of it had to do based off their performance in the bubble and how they really came together towards the end of that that you know, little playoff, I guess we'd call it. Um, but I'm actually kind of down on them. As you mentioned, You know, they're almost the complete polar opposite of the uh, Houston Rockets uh, in terms of age. You know, I don't care how good of an athlete these guys, any of these NBA players, are. Age is one guy that they can never, they can never beat. You know, age is always going to catch up to you one way or another. And I think that we're definitely going to see a bit of a slowdown uh, with this team, and it's going to translate into, I think, a few more losses. So I think it's by much, but I think it's, I think it's still under that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely going under regular season here, especially with this veteran team. You saw it last year. Even then, they were a little bit spotty with how they played uh, some of their older players in Drogic and Butler and Bam and, uh, you know... I think that'll be the same thing, and they'll probably try to lean on Tyler Hero, who we're getting the – he's in the greatest shape of his life. Uh, Stigma from the uh, preseason, my favorite. I'm glad he's in great shape. It's not like he's uh, paid to be a professional athlete or anything.
1: (laughs) Pay me, I'll do it. Uh,
0: So uh, I think regular season-wise, probably under here. We get into the playoffs – this is not a team I want to see in the playoffs because I think they can grind you and uh, bully you to death. You get Lowry, you get Butler, you get Bam, and then you got those shooters on the outside in Hero and Duncan Robinson. This is going to be a tough team to play in the playoffs, but regular season-wise, I'm going under on this total. Uh, I don't think they will take the regular season too seriously. I think their job is probably to stay out of the play-in game, try to finish in four, five, six seed territory.
1: Sorry, before you move on, I I looked it up. um, The average age of the Miami Heat,
0: 28.8. 28.8, so five years older, and that's with the uh, two young kids and uh, a couple other uh, rookies (laughs) pulling that down. Uh, So, interesting. Next, we move on to the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. In comes Simi Ojale, back comes George Hill, they bring in Grayson Allen to start fights with a lot of people. Hopefully, Dante DiVincenzo returns healthy. Most of this roster is back and ready to go. Uh, they had a regular season where they finished 46-26, and 26, went all the way to the uh, NBA title. Giannis played ridiculously well in those last two games. I'm telling you right now, I think this team is going to be even better uh, this season. Uh, I I was just amazed by what Giannis did. And in that uh, last finals game, that's one of the greatest finals game ever played. Ever. <laughs> and uh, I love this Milwaukee Bucks team. I'm going over even with this total at 54 and a half. I think this will probably uh, be a 58 win team here. Uh, where are you going with the Milwaukee Bucks?
1: Listen, it's Giannis, I have to go over, okay, with defending champs, I have to go over. Um, as you mentioned that, you know, watching the the finals last season, uh, there were a couple games when I kind of questioned his heart and his his drive, um, and all those questions were put to rest in that final game. You know, he really took it upon himself to put that team on his back and carry him to the championship, so... I've got nothing more to say to that as a casual fan, I I don't see how you take an under on this team um, or any team that Giannis is on. He's just, he's just a different type of player. So uh, I'm going to take an over on this one and, and I don't think it's going to be close.
0: Yeah, me too. Over on the bucks. uh, Really excited to, uh, watch this team play this year. I I think they're going to be even better than they have been in the past. Uh, Next up, we'll move to the Minnesota Timberwolves, an interesting team. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. This is a sleeper team of mine. I think they can be a dark horse to slip into the playoffs uh, out west here. Uh, That being said, uh, this team has a history of breaking hearts and uh, underachieving uh, for the talent on the uh, roster. Once again, you look at this roster, there's a lot of talent on it. You got Carl Anthony Towns, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Malik Beasley, you have Anthony Edwards. They bring in uh, Patrick Beverly Hill here. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt was a really, really uh, a nice pickup uh, off the draft two years ago for them. So uh, overall, they went 23 uh, 33 and 36 last year. Uh, can they make that jump? I think they can. I think this is a dark horse team. 34 and a half wins here. Uh, that's one more win than what they had last year. I like this Minnesota Timberwolves team. I'm looking for them to finally reach a little bit of their potential here. What do you think of the Minnesota Timberwolves?
1: To, the, to the, uh, Minnesota, I, I feel like health is going to play the biggest factor for them, uh, whether they hit this over or under. Um, we saw a lot of seeing the injuries really plagued them, and it really kind of deterred their season. Um, the coaching situation was obviously something else you know, that played a factor into it. But I think that I, – I, I don't know. I have a feeling that they're going to remain healthier this season. And if that's the case, then I could totally see this team going over. Uh, I like the makeup of this team. I don't think that they get enough credit. I, I understand that there's gaps you know, and lapses both on offense and defense at times. But I, I like the – I think it's not far-fetched to assume that they're going to go over on this.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, I'm i really wanting this team to step up. Hoping we get a good year from Carl uh, Anthony Towns and uh, D'Angelo Russell. The only thing that would concern me a little bit, which is always the concern with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, they seem to find defense a little bit optional. Uh, hopefully that cleans up a little bit. Maybe uh, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards can build his way into a really uh, good defender. Uh, He has the potential to be. So uh, I'm looking for a a big uh, step up here on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Next up, the uh, constant underachievers, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, third coach in three years. I don't know if you need that averaged out, but that's a, a new coach every year, uh, just so <laughs> if you're wondering. Uh, that's I'm not, glad
1: you broke it down for me.
0: That's not good, in case uh, anyone was uh, wondering. Uh, this isn't the Premier League. Uh, anyway, in comes Jonas Valencius, in comes Thomas Sadoransky. Uh For some reason, they gave Deont- Devontae Graham a whole lot of money. Uh, this is a very uh, weirdly run team. Uh, Zion Williamson already has a broken foot. They say it's only going to be a couple weeks. Uh, Call me skeptical uh, that the huge large man who jumps up and down on a foot is going to only be out a couple weeks on a broken foot. Honestly, I hate this Pelicans team. Uh, somehow, I think they've gotten even worse uh, from last year. Interesting decisions all over. We'll see if Willie Green, who's been a, a really good assistant coach, uh, can find them 31 and uh, 41 on the year. Uh, their win total sits at 39 and a half, and I'm way under on that. That just seems extreme uh, from what we've seen from this Pelicans team uh, for the last three or four years. Where are you sitting with the Pelicans?
1: You know i have to agree with you i, I you know as much as i, I kind of liked what they were doing with zion last season where it seems like they were trying to keep him on the floor uh you know more and more uh to i guess to keep him healthier you know because big guys like that uh the more they're off their feet the the higher the probability that they're going to get hurt so i so i kind of like what they were doing at first but as the season progressed i did notice that it wasn't working because that's not the type of player he is uh, and I, i'm with you i think that they gotten a little bit worse um, how much worse? I, I can't really tell you. It's hard for me to pinpoint how much worse, but I think they're worse. And, and just based off of that alone, I, I would have to say, with the new first time coach, uh, not first time coach, but first time coaching this team, um and the issues that they've had with the acquisitions that they have, I feel like they've gotten a little bit worse. I've kind of taken under on this team also. And um I don't. I still think they're going to be
0: under that. Yeah, I I think they're going to be under, especially if, you know, it's on and off with Zion uh, all season long. Once again, signing Deontay Graham to essentially a three-year, $40 million contract. I I don't know what NBA team was knocking down that door, uh, but, hey, you had cap space. I'm glad you used it for that and not reciting Lonzo Ball or anything. But – Whatever, Uh, I'm going under on this New Orleans Pelicans team. I I don't think it'll be a good team. Next up, New York Knicks, uh, the surprise team of the season. Uh, Got off to a hot start, continued that. Tom Thibodeau uh, really had these uh, guys playing well. 41-31. and uh, They remade this roster a little bit. Uh, Kimball Walker comes in. Evan Fournier comes in. Uh, You know, they re-signed... Norland's no L. Mitchell Robinson should be back from health. You know, draft-wise, did not get much out of that. But uh, Fournier-Walker uh, resetting the backcourt. Uh, R.J. Barrett now shifts to small forward. You got that great Julius Randle. And, and then you got the defensive guys in Mitchell Robinson, if he can stay healthy in Norland's Noel. That being said... You know, I I think last year was a little bit of a fluke. The win total this season sits at 41.5. That's right around 500. I'm going to lean a little bit under here, uh, but uh, I I think it's really, really tight. I'm just curious to see, after they sort of remade this team, uh, put a lot less sort of grindy defensive guys, a lot more sort of offensive guys on this team, how they play out this year. What do you make of the Knicks?
1: Yeah, I actually have them slightly under as well. And uh, a lot of it based off the acquisitions, as you mentioned, it seems like they were a little more focused on offense as opposed to defense. And to me, what that's going to do, it's going to take away from Julius Randle, which was their best player last season. Um, and it's hard for me to really, you know, kind of assume that he's going to have the same type of impact that he had last season. When last season he he was, a, I think he had a, probably his best season so far, um, and with all that being said you know it's hard for me to assume he's going to have a similar type of season when they're bringing in guys that are going to be essentially taking away uh some of his shots some of his opportunities so um, i have him a slightly under uh that that total um but I, I think that the number's not far off
0: yeah definitely so uh i wouldn't wager a bet on this i am interested to see how they play i will mention that uh you know How healthy is Kimball Walker would be the first question. You know, you saw it with Boston last year and towards the tail end of the season the year before. He's not the same Kimball Walker. I do like the Fournier signing. He's always been a good solid scorer in this league. Uh, I don't know how much of a Tom Thibodeau player he is, but uh, should be an interesting season in New York. Uh, But I'm going to lean under on here, Uh, but I'm not a heavy under on here. Next up, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, who actually somehow might be younger than the Houston Rockets. what they did towards the end of last season was uh, borderline shameful. Uh, you know, they got off to a 16 and 19 start and uh, panicked uh, because they were actually somewhat uh, cohesive and good. Uh, they decided Shea Gillis Alexander, uh, possibly the youngest player to ever be put on ice and uh, not allowed to play games, so you can tank uh, ever in the history of mankind, uh, finished 22 and 50 and uh, probably should have been 21 anyone who watched that Clippers Thunder game the last game of the season uh was watching an embarrassment but uh they have their strategy they have 400 million draft picks uh they drafted about uh 20 different guys in this draft you know they're going to be in and around uh the under again 22 and a half is their number uh I would lean over but uh you know I'm assuming the same thing's going to happen as happened last year. If they get off to a good start uh, by midseason, they're going to be scared and they're going to start benching guys. But uh, I, I will say their roster is full of very young guys with potential. Gillis, Alexander, and Dort are probably known commodities. Then you got Pogu out there, Baisley, uh, Giddy, who you just drafted. It's just a lot of young guys. Eileen Under, Uh, This team's not trying to win games, so there's probably not a lot to even break down with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably the only reason why I'm actually going to lean slightly under uh, is because, as you mentioned, they don't want to win games. Um, Not to mention the fact that they actually have the youngest average roster in the NBA. I believe it's at 23.5. So um, yes, younger than the Rockets. Uh, And as you mentioned, last season, a bit of a disappointment, but I don't think that they're looking to to win many more games this season. Uh, So because of that, and simply because of that, you know, lack of experience, young guys, um, type of system that they run and their acquisitions, I'm going to lean slightly under.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll move on to the Orlando Magic and the uh, Orlando Magic. Rebuild finally begins. Uh, I, I don't know if you count it as a rebuild by being the eighth seed in the playoffs for, uh, you know, a six-year stretch. But, uh, <laughs> hey, whatever uh, floats your boat. 21-51 uh, last year. Uh, really good uh, draft here. Uh, I, I loved their draft, I will say. Uh, Jalen Suggs was probably my favorite player in the draft they get Franz Wagner, who I think will be a really, really good NBA player. Uh, that being said, I, I, am not sure what this roster is going to be and who's even going to be on it. I know Suggs is going to be on it. I know Wagner's going to be on it, probably Cole Anthony and Wendell Carter. Uh, you know, the rest is probably up for grabs. Uh, once again, I don't know how many games they're going to win. Uh, it might be a little bit of entertaining to watch. You know, Markel Fultz should get back there at uh, some point. But uh, overall, this team sits at uh, 22 and a half. I'm going to go over on that number, uh, but I don't think it'll be um, much, much over that.
1: I'm going to go under. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm going to go under, because the, the last memory I have of the Magic was how they performed towards the end of the last season. Uh, and it wasn't good. So I'm just going based off memory and recollection and and I'm going to go under on this one.
0: Uh, Mo Bamba breakout season. Uh, They did not extend him. So uh, he could be an unrestricted free agent coming into the uh, off season after this year. Uh, He also could possibly be playing in Israel after uh, this season. as well.
1: (laughs) You trying to sell me on that over.
0: All right. uh, So I'm going slightly over. You're going slightly under for the Orlando magic. Uh, Next up. Team chemistry here, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, ben Simmons uh, pulled his holdout. Uh, they held his money. He he realized he needed money to live life. Uh, so uh, he has returned. Whether he will be welcomed, I don't know. Uh, I, I think this team, uh, I, I just don't know what to make of it. Number one seed out west, 49-23 last year. There's a lot of good players, uh, but... I just don't think they have the heart to win games. Can they win regular season games? How messy does this, uh, you know, Ben Simmons thing uh, gets? What is this Ben Simmons thing going to get to now that he's there? Is he going to play? Is he going to come in and play well, try to up that trade value so he gets out of there? Or is he going to try to pull a Harden and... uh, show up at the club, uh, be fat and lazy, and uh, try to tank the season so bad that they have to ship him out. What do you make of this Philadelphia 76ers team? What do you make of this Ben Simmons situation? What Ben Simmons are we getting here? 50 and a half wins. Uh, You know, if it was normal like last year, probably over, but I just don't know what to make of this team right now. Where are you sitting with the Sixers?
1: Listen, if I had to, I would have to go under. And it's only because I have so many question marks that uh, I I really don't know if there's an answer to until a season actually kicks off and we get going. Uh, And and just because of that, I'm going to have to lean slightly under. But even then, I'm confused because this team has potential to win plenty of games. uh, And they also have the potential to completely tank it. Uh, so I, I don't know where this team is going to go. Uh, this is one of the few teams that I really don't have a feel for. I was kind of hoping that you could sell me on either the over or the under. But I guess since you're in a similar type of situation, uh, I'm going to go under.
0: Yeah, I'd I probably, if you made me bet on this, I'd probably lean under. Uh, but that seems like a pretty dumb bet because if Ben Simmons comes in here, everybody plays yeah. nice. Uh, they're winning over 50 games. So I I, I I would just suggest not betting on this. Not only that, if they do find a trade partner for Ben Simmons and and they bring in an elite-level player, they're probably going over 50 wins. Yeah. yeah, I just don't know what to make of this situation. I would go leave this alone, don't bet on it, and uh, watch the bad soap opera play out on ESPN. Uh, But since i have to make a pick i'm going under here uh next up phoenix suns uh the western conference champions uh overall last year they had a great regular season uh bringing in uh, chris paul 51 and 21 one game uh under the jazz as the number 2 seed this season they sit at 51 and a half so basically they have to repeat last season they bring back uh, pretty much everybody, uh, you know, a couple fringe uh, add-ins in JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton and Landry Schammett, uh sort of to fill out this roster. Can this Phoenix Suns team repeat what they did last year in the regular season? And then we'll get into the playoffs after that. Uh,
1: so I think they can repeat what they did in the regular season. Uh, the, you know, they weren't. good ball and as you mentioned they pretty much bring the entire group that they had last season back they had so many things fall right for them that it's hard to really foresee these things happening again for them so although i think they're going to be a really good regular season team i think that the playoffs is going to be their achilles heel this season
0: yeah, I, I'm with you a little bit. I think they might regress a little bit in this regular season, too. I'm curious how healthy Chris Paul is going to be throughout this regular season. You got a pretty good run of health from him uh, last season. Do we get that again? Uh, you know, does Aiton continue to want to be the grunt worker, especially now that Robert Server is getting a little skimpy with his wallet, uh, you know, not wanting to pay sinners uh, max contracts? Uh, just advice, Uh If you didn't want to pay Centers' max contract, uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Young were available in that same draft. You had the number one pick. Uh, So maybe think about your draft strategy going forward if uh, (laughs) you're sitting there with that. So does he play the same sort of energy, uh, setting screens, defensive role uh, that he did, or does he want a little bit more touches? Uh, You know, Chris Paul, we mentioned health. Jay Crowder, do we get another good season from him? Uh, so I, I think there might be a little bit of regression there. I, I wouldn't ride the Phoenix Suns on and under here, uh, but I'm leaning under the 52 wins here in that competitive West just because I think they fall back. I, I would also say, playoff-wise, I, I don't think they make another run into the Eastern Conference probably out of the first round but i think they probably get bounced uh you know in the second round or so here you know depending on who they're playing uh you know we have to see the season through before i i make full playoff declarations no just
1: make them now. make them down
0: <laughs> all right uh, next up portland trailblazers uh you know, I think disappointing season, but uh, not really disappointing season. 42 and 30, solid season. I, I think they thought they'd be a little bit better overall. They sit at 44 and a half wins. I will say I did like the moves they make. Bringing in Cody Zeller uh, to sort of fill in uh, for Yusef Nurkic if he can't go and continues to get hurt. Uh, you know, Tony Snell in there, Larry Nance Jr., really big on that one. And then I like that sort of three-guard trio, Lillard, Powell, McCollum. Uh, it's not very big, uh, but it can score a lot of points. In comes Chauncey Billups uh, for them to take over as coach. I really like this team on the over this year. They sit at 44 and a half. I think they can have a really good regular season if C.J. McCollum stays healthy along with Yusef Nurkic.
1: Yeah, pretty much everything you said. I have him slightly over also. But the one thing that does give me pause is their heavy reliance on basically that three-point shot. Um, you know, and you, it's kind of a trend. You see it happening throughout the NBA. But you know, for me, it's just such a scary thing to be so dependent on it. Who knows? The ball rolls off the rim at one time or another, and it changes their – Uh, I think that the margin of errors is really small for this team, but if I had to pick, I would I would say that they're slightly over that that limit.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh I, I think this team will have a really good regular season well we'll see about the playoffs but I, I sort of like the moves they make a lot of sort of uh, multifaceted wings uh, down there to sort of cover uh for Lillard McCollum and Powell who uh really aren't going to be able to uh guard a whole lot of people uh but I'm over on this I I think they could get into the 47-48 win range uh this season next up Sacramento Kings uh you know I I like this roster I liked the addition of Davion Mitchell The problem is uh, I don't think Luke Walton has proved himself as a coach. And then, you know, sadly, this is one of those teams in the West that I think gets hurt by being in the West. You move them into the East, I'm like, yeah, they could probably grab an 8, a 7, a 6 seed if things break right. You move them into the West, and I'm like, they're going to probably not be able to make the playoffs or even really be a fully capable team of making the playoffs even though I like this roster. I love their starting lineup. You got Fox, you got Heald Barnes, uh you know, hotter cold, Bagley and, and Rashawn Holmes. that's that's a good starting five. And then you throw Davion Mitchell in there, the rookie from Baylor who's coming off the national championship. It's just this is sort of one of those teams that I would benefit in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, their win total, you know, it, it sits at, you know, a, a solid number at 35 and a half. They might could creep up to win 38 games, but I don't think they can climb to 500 in the West here.
1: See, I mean, I understand everything you said, and and yes, it's a solid Sarnic lineup. I'm leaning slightly under, and my reasoning for it is exactly the reason why you have paused for this team, is Luke Walton. Um you know, as you mentioned, he's, he's what's the third season there, right?
0: Yeah, I believe it's his third and, season there.
1: And he's just been so inconsistent. There was times last season where they showed like they were getting ready to turn it around, and then they'd go on a slump or lose a few games. And I think that this roller coaster of, of play style, uh, at some point, the players have to look at it and be like, all right, what's going on with upper management here? Why are they still hanging on to this guy when he hasn't proven anything yet? And at some point, I think it becomes detrimental to the team to hold on to a coach that, that just can't get you wins. Um, and, and I think it's going to start taking effect. And, and that's probably the reason why I'm leaning on the under here, um, even though I feel like they, they have a good shot at hitting the over. Uh, I'm still going to lean under just because of the coach situation.
0: Yeah, I I can understand that. That, I'm going to go over and uh, just hope, uh, I I will say I really do enjoy watching this team play. Next up, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, This roster is interesting. A lot of good young talent, a lot of solid veteran talent. Uh, They don't really have an elite player. Uh, They have... Uh, a lot of really good players maybe they're primed for a trade uh somewhere we'll see if that makes now this is a team that doesn't make a lot of trades uh greb popovich uh returns for his 26th season uh last year uh they finished in the last play-in spot at uh 33 and 39 uh their win total this season sits at a really low 28 and a half uh you know you would have to really really convince me that the spurs uh would be really really bad to not win 30 games. I think they win 30 games and are contending uh you know uh for one of those you know 8 through 10 playing game spots. Uh so 28 and a half seem low to me uh with the amount of talent on this roster. It's not a great player, but uh it's a lot of really good players.
1: Yeah, I mean as you mentioned that they're a pretty solid team as they don't have any names that are really going to you know, make you gasp for air or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they, they have a solid team and they have, you know, one of the better coaches over the last, you know, 20, 30 years um, that I, at least since I've been watching basketball. Um, and then there's rumors that, you know, this might be his last season. And if it's true, I think that these players are going to ball out for him. They, you know, he, he's such a good coach. And, uh, I mean, I don't see why people wouldn't, you know, give, give their all and then some just to try and make sure that he goes out with at least a winning record and the playoff appearance. So if just for those reasons alone um, and the fact that he's still coaching there, I'm going to lean slightly over on this one.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, slightly over on the Spurs, 28 and a half just seems way too low. Uh, next up, Toronto Raptors, a really weird season last year. They had to play it all in Tampa. They're back in Toronto. Uh, that being said, Kyle Lowry leaves, uh, you know, Weird things with Pascal Siakam. They were 27 and 45. Now they did sort of tank towards the end of the year. Uh, You know, I don't know what to make of this team because I I don't know what is Dragic going to say. Because if you tell me Dragic is staying and you have Van Fleet, Dragic, Siakam, and Anobi, uh, Chunwa, uh, the draft pick, and Scotty Barnes, who I really like. You know, there's a lot of players that can compete here in the East. But if they're in the rebuild mode, they're going under. If they're going to play this out, I think they're going under. and It's just really hard to sort of read this team. At 35 and a half, like legit, if they're playing all those guys that they have, they're going to be a 42-win team at least. If they're throwing this thing away and sort of selling parts off, they're probably going to be a 28-win team. The variance on this team is just really, really weird.
1: Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Nailed it on the head there. Um, it, it really depends on on how they're going to play this season, and I have a feeling that it's going to start off pretty well for them. You know, just based off the way they got last season, um, and once they kind of hit that trajectory where they're playing well and they're kind of keeping pace with everybody, I think they're going to want to keep you know the team intact and just kind of keep keep playing for wins. And, and because of that, I feel like they can you know pull off a thirty eight win season. 40, you know, 41 seasons. So I'm going to lean on the over here. Uh, But again, this is one of those where I'd probably just stay away from because we don't know what the final outcome is going to be. Uh, And that's going to basically determine how hard this team is going to play. So, but for now I'm going to lean slightly over.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. Next up, Utah jazz, uh, the greatest regular season of our time, uh, get into the playoffs and, uh, I, I start to begin to question things, especially after somehow losing a series, uh, where Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. So, uh, you know, distrust, uh, will be abound uh but in the regular season it will not be abound they finished 52 and 20 uh last year uh this season their win total sits at 52 and a half uh this team is built to win regular season games I think they continue to win re- regular season games uh you know they didn't change out much Conley Mitchell O'Neal Bogdanovich uh you know Gobert uh, Jordan Clarkson returns it's all right there. They had Rudy Gay to come in off the bench. This is going to be a really good regular season team. I I, I think they go over, uh, but nobody will care because the questions are, Can they win playoff series.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what it's going to come down to is, you know, the good thing is that we're not talking playoffs because if we're talking playoffs, I have no clue. I, I don't know what Utah team's going to show up, but regular season, I think they're going to be a great regular season team, especially since they brought the nucleus of their team back this season. So I'm going to lean over on this one. um, And I have a feeling that this is definitely going to be one of those teams that if they can keep the momentum going from the regular season into the postseason, they're going to be dangerous. But then again, that's kind of what we thought last season also, and you saw how that turned out.
0: Yeah, definitely so. So regular season over Jazz, uh, pretty easy there. Uh, Next up, Washington Wizards. Uh, You know, this one's a little bit interesting They're a little bit like the Spurs, but they do have Bradley Beal. I I don't know if he's quite an elite player, but uh, I I think he's a very good player. You know, they made that deal with the Lakers uh, to get Russell Westbrook. So, you know, Kuzma, Harold, Pope, they signed Didwitty. They bring Ellen Holiday over from the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, This is not a star-studded team like the Bucks or the Nets or even the Heat. Uh, But I think this team could be uh pretty, pretty good uh in the regular season here because I-, I like their parts. Rui's hurt, so that's we're gonna hurt him a little bit, but you know, Dinwiddie Beale, Kuzma, uh Thomas Bryant returns. Uh, you know, you got Caldwell Pope, you got Montez Harrell. Uh I, I think this is gonna be a really good a uh, regular season team. Uh, you know, last year they, uh, you know, really made that push towards the end. I don't know how much that factors because Russell Westbrook was such a part of it. Uh, 34 and uh, 38 last year. Uh, this season's win total sits at 34 and a half. I'm pretty big on this over. The only question mark I have on this team is Wes Ansell Jr. Uh, we don't know what kind of coach he is. This is his first year coaching. Uh, his dad was a very, very good player. Uh, one of the best players of all time but I I don't know if that means his son is a very good NBA coach. He's highly regarded, uh, but uh, we'll see where that comes. But I like this Wizards roster. I think it can win games in the Eastern Conference.
1: You know, I'm not crazy on the over, uh, but I I do think that they can hit the over. Uh, As you mentioned, they don't have any names that are going to pop out and really, you know, grab your attention. But I I feel like they have a lot of uh, blue-collar guys, uh, you know, um, is that the right term? Blue collar or is yes. it white collar? Blue collar, right? Yeah, blue yeah, collar. White collar
0: the... is Kevin Durant. Yes, exactly. Blue collar yeah. is Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, blue collar is
1: me. White collar is you, right? <laughs> but yeah, I-, I feel like they have a lot of those gritty guys that are just you know they don't care about getting dirty and getting in your face and you know playing both sides of the ball, both defense and offense. So uh, I think that they're going to win more games than people expect them to. I'm just not as high on them as you are, but I still think they're going to hit this over.
0: Yeah, uh, me too. All right, last up, our hometown team. On the other side of the state, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Jaron Jackson should be back for a full season here. Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Ja Morant in there uh, a lot of good young players uh, on the bench there Desmond Bain turned out to be a great pick for them uh, you know they uh, drafted Zaire Williams took a shot on that one interesting roster a lot of good young players didn't totally understand the move uh, to sort of get rid of Jonas Valanciunas and bring in Stephen Adams uh, just because you didn't think Jonas was in the plans and Stephen Adams had less on his deal. But, uh, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't argue uh, moves by the Grizzlies. They've been uh, just flawless both uh, on the GM side of things in the draft room and bringing in players 38 and 34 last year. They were the ones uh, that uh, got that eighth spot out of the uh, play-in game. Uh, their win total sits uh, this season at uh, 41.5, so in and around 500. What do you make of the Memphis Grizzlies? I'm a slight under here, but that's because I, I think the Western Conference just too deep. Uh, but we said that the last couple of years, and they've managed to find their way in and around 500.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, where we live, we hear a lot of Memphis talk. It's pretty much uh, when it comes to basketball, it's, that's all you hear is Memphis talk. Um, you know, as you mentioned, there's a few moves that kind of maybe scratch my head. Uh, as much as I like Adams, I, I don't understand the move. Um and I don't know, uh, my expectations for them aren't aren't really that high, but even so, I think they're going to be slightly under this season. Uh, but, you know, with the roster that they have, it wouldn't shock me if they hit an over. Uh, I'm personally going to stay away from making any bets on an over-under here, but uh, if I had to pick...
0: All right, that's our under-over show. We've hit... All the teams in the NBA. So, why don't you give me your four best bets from the Eastern Conference? Four best bets for the Western Conference. Let's start on the Eastern side of things. What are your four best over/unders on the Eastern side of things?
1: For the Eastern, uh, actually, the fan's perspective here. So don't don't ream on me. I know you you white collared hosts out there. Uh, I for the East, I have the Hornets as an under. I have uh, Detroit as an over, the Knicks as an under, and Atlanta as an under.
0: Interesting. My four best bets on the eastern side of things. I have Hawks over. I have Pacers over. I have Charlotte Hornets under. And I have the Chicago Bulls as an under. And for a fifth and final one, I have Washington Wizards as an over. All right, on the western side of things, where are we going?
1: Wow, you threw a bonus one in there. Yeah, I threw (laughs) a
0: bonus one in there.
1: Uh, for the West, uh, my four, uh, I have Houston under, uh, Minnesota over, New Orleans over, and the Lakers over.
0: All right, for me on the Western side of things, I'm going Houston under that 27 and a half. I've been going with the Portland Trailblazers over 44-and-a-half, Los Angeles Clippers under 45-and-a-half, Denver Nuggets uh, over 47-and-a-half, Jazz over 52-and-a-half, and and the uh, Los Angeles Lakers over 52-and-a-half. So a lot of bets on the uh, Western uh, side of things. All right, that's our NBA Win Total Show with Achilles Reign. Be sure to like and and subscribe to our YouTube channel on Greenlight Network so you don't miss any more of our NBA preview series. I'll be giving out our NBA champions, division, and conference winners on a new show later this week. Also, you don't want to miss our NFL recap and review. That uh, comes back on Tuesday. A lot of NFL action. Interesting stuff that went down this Sunday and our college football recap and review. We're going to do that right with Dynamite David right after I get off the call with Achilles Reign. It's going to be a fun day for my voice in the next two days. (laughs) So like and subscribe. Don't miss any of our content on the Greenlight Network. Achilles, where can we find you?
1: Uh, as always, if you want to criticize my picks, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. Go ahead, let me have it. I can take it.
0: All right, that's our show, and we're out.